0: Hello, goblins and ghouls, and welcome to my Haunted Life Podcast, the podcast all about real-life paranormal stories and the history surrounding the story. I'm your host, Angela Hartshorn. Good morning, gobbles and ghouls, and a very cold morning at that, at least here. I'm not sure where you are. As I am sitting here recording, I'm watching the mountains disappear as this giant cloud rolls down into our little valley as the snow is coming in. It's quite pretty. I like it. I kind of wish I would have set up a time-lapse or something. That being said, if you hear a weird rumble behind me, that's my heater. I usually turn it off for recording, but I'm not going to do that today because it's a little bit cold. How is everyone else doing? I hope you are doing good. And you are nice and warm wherever you are. I don't know about you, but I've been in a little bit of a funk lately and i I just can't seem to shake it, which is kind of strange. Not sure what's up. Maybe it's the fact that today is our last Resurrection Mary episode. I don't know. I'm a little... little, I'm sad for her to go, but ready to move on. Uh, It also doesn't help that we are quarantined. Again, the, my darling husband has come down with the COVID, I have been quarantining with him because obviously I'm probably exposed and I'm losing my mind. It's amazing I haven't like painted the walls or something at this point. Anyways, a little bit of housekeeping. I'm really excited to announce, I'm working to start making tea blends for the podcast. I'm really, really excited about this. Our first one is going to be inspired by, of course, Resurrection Mary. Nothing is final yet, but it's looking to be a black tea with strawberries and roses. We'll see how it goes. The person I'm working with, it's really busy. We'll see what happens. But I can't wait. Also, just a reminder that there is no podcast next week. I'm already hard at work on the new episodes in February. I mentioned previously that I'm going to start doing themes every month. And February is Till Death Do Us Part Month. Basically, stories about... Love in the afterlife, love gone wrong, causing hauntings, that sort of thing. Love-inspired ghost stories. There's some sweet ghostly love stories and some not so sweet, I think is the best way to put it. Those episodes will be happening every week again, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. This week I'm finishing off our Resurrection Mary episodes. Kinda of sad about it. I have a Tony Zabelski on from Chicago Hauntings. Tony was the nice gentleman that helped me with the Keene Avenue werewolf research. We were discussing we are discussing what it's like being a ghost tour leader in Chicago there's so much you guys oh my god Um, and in particular the Archer Triangle and we also discuss one of the most famous and mysterious Mary cases the one with the Resurrection Cemetery Gates I could not believe I have not talked about this yet it's kind of a big deal you guys And, of course, a little more of Chicago's other haunted locations. So, let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea. Make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story for you. Okay, for today on the podcast, I have Tony Zabalski, which I'm pretty sure I did that right. So, uh, Tony, how you're a, a tour guide in Chicago, and that's kind of how we got connected. Cause it's been down this rabbit hole of Resurrection Mary for the last couple of well weeks at this point, it seems like. But how would you? Describe your position, sir.
1: Um, you mean know, as a tour guide? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I've actually been I just I just am completing my eleventh year as a tour guide in the Chicago area. Oh my god. Uh, pretty much given tours throughout the region, not just in the city itself, but throughout the region, which would include the Resurrection Mary, because that's pretty much all suburban areas, southwest suburbs of the city. Um uh, basically, I said I'm a tour guide. I'm also a paranormal investigator. Nice. I've invested, looked into a lot of these legends.
0: Very cool. So, in, I mean, there's so much history in Chicago, but...
1: What, oh, definitely.
0: Oh, my God. What, what got you into the paranormal?
1: Uh, well, an experience, actually, when my father died, when I was only 14 years old. Oh. I was at his wake, I was. Um, a long time ago now, but I was at his wake. Uh, he was laid out in his casket, and I just was up there with him. And I just thought in my head, if he can give me some sort of sign that he's doing okay, then I wouldn't worry about him. And in that moment, that I thought that, the lights in the funeral parlor went off, and then they came right back on. Oh. So I kind of you know took that as my sign. Oh. And that always like piqued my interest in this. No. Uh, it took a number of years before I became, you know, a, a, an investigator and tour guide.
0: Okay. How did you get into that?
1: Uh, well, investigating, I just, uh, I always had the interest in it, but I just, you know, initially didn't have the time, and I eventually had three kids.
2: And, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, now that they're all older, uh, when they started to get older, it's when I went out and went to some functions that I would see in the Chicago area, and... Um, like meetups and, uh, you know, paranormal investigations that uh, were like a, like a group. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to, the public, like a public investigation of yeah. a place. And I'd go to things like that. And um, just met various people. Uh, did join a couple of paranormal groups. Uh, I eventually met a lady through all that who ran a ghost tour company out in the suburb of, uh, suburbs of Chicago. Uh, Naperville and Elgin were the towns she was at. Aurora is another town that she was doing tours in. And I worked for her for the first seven years. Oh wow! Um, then uh, when she wanted to close up her company, I'd already met the lady who owned it. The um, a Chicago tour company. You you had mentioned the online video that you yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's that's the lady who owned the, the company, Chicago Hauntings, for 18 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I had already known her, and she was looking for... I was already working, still working for the first company when um, Ursula, the owner of the... Uh, the My new company, was looking for tour guides for the Lincoln Park Zoo mm. uh, just for a couple of weeknights in October. So I applied to do that, and she liked what I was doing there, so she brought me on the next year with her company full-time. Now, eventually, the new owner of the company has taken all the territories and put it under one umbrella. So he has my old territory. The old boss that I used to work for out there now works for him. Oh. So, like, all one big company.
0: That's nice, though. Mm. I have to ask, though... What's haunted at the Lincoln Park Zoo?
1: Well, where Lincoln Park Zoo is right now used to be the city cemetery of Chicago. Oh. Uh, We're all, Lincoln Park, the park itself, and the zoo were all built upon the old cemetery grounds.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: So that's, uh, that's one reason why it's haunted. And chances are that the majority of the bodies, when the cemetery closed, were not moved.
2: <laughs>
1: they had there's was about 35,000 burials oh. they hired 10 men in the late 1860s to move 35,000 burials um without any modern digging equipment we would have now.
0: Oh wow.
1: And then a big fire comes through the land in 1871 making it even more difficult to figure out where any of the bodies were located because most of the headstones were destroyed. Oh. So you could imagine what's still under the ground there.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I'm just like. I'm mm. just like it. I'm just like picturing investigating among mm-hmm. zoo animals.
1: Okay. Well, I actually did uh, a couple of paranormal investigations in the zoo.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if our zoos do that. I'm gonna ask because that just sounds awesome.
1: Oh, it was! It was a lot of fun.
0: Oh my god, um, now I'm distracted by zoo animals. Um, it'll happen.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what what got you interested with Resurrection Mary? How did you find out about Resurrection Mary?
1: Well, to begin I've with? always read about Resurrection Mary as a kid growing up in this area. If you're into the paranormal, even if you're not, people tend to know about the Resurrection Mary stories. Mm -hmm. They're, like, the most popular folklore-type stories in this area. I mean, she's probably Chicago's most well-known ghost. And technically, she doesn't even haunt the city. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I, I... You know, first learned about it, and I read, uh, like, the old owner of my tour company has written several books, Ursula, on Mm -hmm. Chicago haunts, and she included a lot of Resurrection Mary stories. I also have some other authors that I know from the area. And then when I started working for Ursula, she was originally the one doing the Resurrection Mary tours, and I asked her if I could learn the tour, and I went along with her a few times. And um, since then, I've pretty much been giving almost all the companies Resurrection Mary tour. She still does a few from time mm-hmm. to time.
0: Oh, that's awesome. There, and the thing that got me with this, when I first started doing mm-hmm. the podcast, I'm like, this is going to be a quick, one-off, simple podcast, and then it just exploded because there's so many
1: oh yeah resurrection mary just, just so much
0: oh my god i was like shocked so i have to ask mm-hmm. what is your favorite mary story
1: oh he's probably the ralph the cab driver yes story. okay you're familiar with it yeah
0: yes i love mm-hmm. that story
1: yeah that's a great story
0: uh do you want to reiterate it just for anybody who maybe missed us, uh, okay.
1: missed uh, an episode well, it was uh a cold, wintry night in 1979, January of 1979, uh, a cab driver who only called himself Ralph in the uh, the um, when he was retelling this story, whether that was his real name or not, nobody really knows for sure. Wow. But the story was originally told to a uh, newspaper reporter uh, who ran it in a suburban edition, I believe, with the Chicago Tribune. Uh, the reporter's name was Bill Geist, which is interesting. Uh, that his name was Bill Geist, because Geist is the German word for a ghost.
0: (gasps) I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Ralph's normal pickup area was about the area I live in, in the Chicago area, around O'Hare Airport. Oh! Uh, North of that area. Uh, He had picked up a big fair um, at the airport that wanted to be brought over to archer avenue i think it was palos hills or something like that somewhere one right of the towns down there um this particular cold snowy night ralph had had a long day at this point he was going to call it a night after this fair and i'm not being too familiar with the southwest suburbs he was a little bit lost mm-hmm. in trying to find his way back onto the expressway as he got near uh what was the uh old willow shopping center there's a coffee house there called the Ashbury Coffee House now, uh, which a lot of our tours used to start at. Um,
2: He sees
1: standing uh, on the corner a young lady, um, not dressed for the cold, wintry conditions, um, just like in a white dress and high heels. Mm -hmm. He pulls up to her, asks her if she was okay, and she just says to him, I need to get home. Now, even though it was a long day for him and he's tired and wants to end the night, he feels bad for her, so he offers her a ride home, kind of thinking, well, maybe if she's familiar with the area, she can help direct me to the expressway, too. So he says, okay, get in the car. I'll take you wherever you go, no charge. So um, he asks her where she's got to go. She just says, just go down Archer Avenue. Okay. And they start heading down Archer Avenue. He's trying to make a little small talk with her. He says she was a very beautiful young girl, probably in her 20s. But she just seemed like she was in another world, just kind of staring out the window, wasn't really answering much of his questions. Uh, He says the only thing he remembers her saying was she mumbles something about the snows come early this year. As they get near Resurrection Cemetery, the girl jumps up and says, here, 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 this is where I got to get off. And he slams on the brakes in front of the cemetery, looks around. He doesn't see anything. He doesn't see any house. And he looks back and the lady. There's nothing here. Where where am I letting you (laughs) off? And she just points out the window and says, fair. And Ralph says he looks over to his left to this little shack. Again, not really seeing anything. He turns back to say to her where and she is gone. Mm. Nothing's in the car. Vanished from the car, and his quote was, "May the good Lord strike me dead." That door never opened. Mm. So yeah, that's one of my favorite resurrection Mary stories.
0: Because is, is he the one that said he described her wearing disco shoes?
1: I believe so. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because mm-hmm. I was just like... and
1: the Willibert Ballroom just down the street from there. Um, where, you know, many people say Resurrection Mary danced, Mm -hmm. uh, was holding a special event for singles where um, they were honoring, like, the big band era of, like, you know, the 20s and 30s, which would have been right in her time frame.
0: Yeah. Oh, that makes my heart even happier. That's so sweet. Oh, my God. Um, I did want to ask you, mm-hmm. because, again, the rabbit hole, there are so Wait. many possible Marys mm-hmm. out there. Who yeah. is your favorite candidate to be, quote unquote, the Resurrection Mary?
1: Well, in... Being honest with you, this has changed a lot in the last few years.
2: Okay, okay.
1: I would have said a few years ago a lady named Mary Brigovi mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. the logical candidate to be her. But I always had doubts. Okay. The doubts were um, Mary was dark-haired. Yeah. Most of the reports are of a blonde. Um, also, she... Mary doesn't die. Mary Brigovey doesn't die on Archer Avenue, which I mean, I guess that's not that important of a point. She dies. I don't know if you know. She dies in downtown Chicago. Yeah,
0: in a um, car crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I which is can't remember. Uh, Wacker and mm-hmm. Lake.
1: Wacker and Lake. Yes, yes. it's a spot. our life. We we don't stop there on our bus tours because it's kind of a busy intersection. But okay. we pass that a lot, and I'll point it out. Uh, as the bus is like going around the corner there. But there's a uh, elevated train tracks. There's mm-hmm. a big pillar holding up the elevated train tracks. Uh, the driver claimed he did not see that, and he crashed head-on into that, um, killing Mary Brgovi. Uh, the only, of the four people in the car, she's the only one thrown from the car and killed. Um, she would have been the one I believed was, a few years ago, definitely I would have said it was her. Okay. Mainly because a lot of, it seemed like as soon as she was buried in Resurrection Cemetery, a lot of reports came out from her friends or people that knew her. Yes. That claimed to have seen her hitchhiking along the road there. Yes. Yeah. John Satala, the funeral home, the Satala funeral home that uh, she was buried, oh. or waked out of, um, that buried her. Uh, he said that he got a call from the caretaker of Resurrection Cemetery, you know, sometime after they buried her in, in the cemetery. And the caretaker told him that, you know, I think that young lady that we buried recently in the orchid-colored dress is roaming around the cemetery at night, because me and other people have seen her. Oh! So that would have been Mary Brugovie.
0: I did not see that. I've seen plenty from Sakala uh, a few times yeah. about, you mm-hmm. know, stitching up her face and everything. Right,
1: yes, he did stitch up her face, yeah.
0: Yeah, that one, I... Oh, that's interesting. Okay.
1: And then for a while, my next candidate would have been Anna Norcus.
0: Okay. The 12-year-old.
1: The 12-year-old. Yeah. Um, not... Uh, not that anybody reports a girl that young, but if you see a picture of Ananarchus, she really looks older in the picture. And um, she definitely fits the description of the girls that people are reporting seeing. Thin, blonde. Um, Now, my Worries or concerns with her were that, uh, for one, her name is Anna. Yeah. Everybody seems to believe the name is Mary, but she did go under the name of Maria and uh, Maria Norcus, and Mary and Maria is Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, she didn't die near Resurrection Cemetery. It was a little bit away from there. Now, her home, with home that is still standing. Oh. Is actually only about three miles from Resurrection Cemetery.
0: Okay,
1: just right off of Archer Avenue. I was actually just at her home last weekend.
2: Oh,
1: and I drove over to find it before I gave the tour, just just to check it out because I yeah. hadn't been there. But it's a you from where her house is. You drive the next stop sign at the end of the block. You turn right is Archer or left, whatever way. It's Archer Avenue.
0: Oh wow.
1: But not, that's about three miles from the cemetery, but, so she could live right off of Archer Avenue, so, okay. very possibly, she could be the one who people see hitchhiking.
0: Because I know one of the stories,
1: get, sorry. Go, oh, go ahead, I was going to say trying to get back to her home, but go ahead, what were you going to say? I was going to say,
0: I know some of the stories say that they were coming from the Willowbrook or one yes. of the, the dance halls. They
1: were, yes, they were. Okay. Mm-hmm but they, they it was on Harlem and i believe 67th where the accident happened so it didn't happen right near the cemetery okay so a little little off
0: now she's oh,
2: not
1: totally far away
0: but she's not buried in resurrection cemetery right
1: no. and see okay. that's the other big concern that i had is that she is not buried there she is buried in saint casimir cemetery further over on the south side of Chicago. Um, there's stories out there that there may have been a grave digger strike mm-hmm. that summer when she died. Um, and possibly she would have been, because the strike dragged on for a while, she might've been temporarily interred in resurrection cemetery, maybe moved later, maybe forgotten to be moved later. Uh, those, there was a, a, a gentleman who collected a lot of Resurrection Mary information. Um, his name was Frank Andrew Jacek. Oh. Who told Ursula a lot of these stories about Anna Norcus, because he actually went to the same church where she would have gone to many years earlier. Oh. And prisoners in the church believed she was Resurrection Mary. Uh, he's the one that related the story of the gravedigger strike. But now a lot of the researchers... Have not found any direct evidence to back any type of gra- grave strike. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean,
1: it's possible it happened. Maybe it just didn't make the newspapers. Huh? So there's there's still a little doubt there whether you know where she would have been buried.
0: And and that that's the thing that killed me with this was there was so much research. I I, I love mm-hmm. research, but there's this yeah this. This whole thing is so well documented,
1: and uh-huh.
0: I, I was like shocked. Shocked.
1: No, I, I might even be throwing you a loop here with this next one. Oh yes, yes. give me my it. my new possible strong candidate to be resurrection Mary is a lady named Mary Kovach. I don't know if you ever heard that name, or I
0: don't think I have this okay. one Kovac.
1: Okay. K-O-V-A-C-H, I want to say. Okay. Um, which, interestingly, she lived about two blocks from Mary Burgovi on mm-hmm. South Damon Avenue. Which, another girl who's come up as a possible resurrection Mary uh, named Mary Miskowski also lived on South Damon Avenue.
0: Because <laughs> didn't Burgovi live on...
1: Damon mm-hmm. Avenue, um, too? They did, yeah. They and so was the, the Satala Funeral Home was also on Damon Avenue.
0: It's like, it's just, is it, is it like a giant, I know Archer Avenue is fairly mm-hmm. long. Right. It's a pretty big thoroughfare, but it seemed like, it, like everything was Damon Avenue. If it wasn't Archer, it was right. Damon.
1: It was Damon, yeah, yeah. Well, most streets in Chicago do go long distances from... North to west, or, or south to east. Okay. You'll find, you know, streets that start in the city, start at the lakeshore in the city, and they'll come all the way out to the suburbs.
0: Wow, that's a bit of a distance. So, okay. Yeah. So I uh, I I remember Mikowski, because that's the one mm-hmm. where someone said that, that was their babysitter.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. But she but died again, later, the, right? The boat. But, yeah, actually, they, they claim that the babysitter died in 1930. Okay. But um, Mary, the Mary Miskowski that lived on South Damon Avenue, all records indicate that she lived till about 1956.
0: Yeah. M- yeah. Much okay. past the time.
1: Right. So, So the to f- me, that kind of eliminates her as the Resurrection Mary.
0: But,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But now, Mary Kovach...
0: No, I'm very Um, excited about this one, because this is not a name I know.
1: You need to find a podcast out there called Epitaph.
2: Epitaph, all right.
1: E-P-I-T-A-P-H. They do about four segments on Resurrection Mary, four different podcasts on her. Uh Okay. They do one on Mary Kovach. Now, I had kind of heard this name before I listened to the podcast, uh, we had a before Ursula. Uh, there was a man in Chicago called Richard Crow. Yes, yes. Okay, you probably read some yes. of his stuff on Resurrection Mary. He was the Quite first ghost hunter in mm-hmm. Chicago. He was the first. Uh, he's he's kind of the father of tour guy, a uh, tours, in and really, some people say he started like ghost tours in America.
0: Oh so, wow okay way
1: back in the 1970s he started giving ghost tours you know long before it was a you know, cool thing to do and and he collected a lot of information on Resurrection Mary in um, in the book that I have of his he only wrote one book uh, <laughs> he mentions that there two of the girls that he believed to be Resurrection Mary died from in car accidents and automobile accidents mm-hmm. he says the third, Died from tuberculosis because oh. she kept going out and partying night after night against her doctor's orders.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that third
1: one that died from tuberculosis is Mary Kovac.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now is she? And the
1: she used to. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, is she like the classic blonde and... Mm-hmm.
1: Blonde. Short blonde hair. Oh. oh. A little bit of curl to it. Fits the description that... Um, uh, there's another famous Resurrection Mary story, uh, the Jerry Palis. Yeah. Exciting, yes. Um, Mary, the, Where Mary Kovacs used to love to go out and party and dance the night away all the time was the Liberty Grove uh-huh. and Hall.
0: Okay. That's
1: the one that Jerry Palis danced with Mary in, in
2: 1939.
1: Oh. And that was like a few blocks from her home.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> Plus, the lady who says Mary Miskowski was her babysitter, they they talk about this in the podcast, uh-huh. the Epitaph podcast, um, says that, and this is some 70 years later that she's telling the story that Resurrection yeah. Mary was my babysitter. Uh, it says her name is Mary Miskowski. Now, the girls lived in the same neighborhood, a few blocks from each other. Oh. But in the interview, she says Mary lived just down the street. Um, Mary Miskowski lived, at I think, like three or four blocks from the lady who said that was her babysitter's house. Okay. Mary Kovach lived directly across the street like one house over. Oh. So it's possible she got the girls mixed up. Oh. Maybe at some point they were both her babysitters.
0: Yeah. I mean that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um and
1: Mary Kovach er, disappeared from the neighborhood in 1930 but not because of a car accident because she was sent to a a tuberculosis sanitarium in another portion of Chicago. Do
0: we know like how old she was or like a a
1: she would have been in her early 20s when she died. Okay. She was born in 1908.
0: Oh so that fits really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not not a name I came across. See,
1: and that, again... No, I know. There's so much. <laughs> there is so much, yeah.
0: It, it, was, it was amazing to me, like, there was one I found where it, it went and documented all the Marys that were killed mm-hmm. along Archer yes. Avenue, I think 1920 to 1935. Right. Yeah. And... And then it, and then there was one where all the Marys were buried in Resurrection Cemetery, right. which
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mary in a old Polish community. There's a lot.
1: Lots of Marys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah, um, yeah. But if if you find that epitaph podcast,
0: yeah, oh, look into the that one on
1: Mary Kovac. It's very good. They have one on they have one on Anna Mary Miskowski, and Mary Bragovi also. I'm
0: and, and like. I'm tempted not to, because it might end up being a fifth podcast for me at this point. Yeah. But I'm like, that just sounds awesome. I'm all for that. I want to oh, look it's, that Oh, it's up.
1: very interesting. The whole podcast is interesting.
0: Huh. No, I want to I mean, look they it They talk
1: about the neighborhood, the, the, with the South Damon Avenue, the back of the yards neighborhood, and what it was like, how almost all the girls came from that neighborhood in that area.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, like, if... I started to have this theory that it's just the land that's haunted and all these girls are haunting and everybody just calls it's them possible. all Res- Resurrection Mary. Yeah,
1: even it, they could be all lumped into, I, I I totally believe there's not just one girl there. Mm-hmm. I believe there's more. It could be all of these that are, we are mentioning and it could be others.
2: Cause there,
0: there was the famous story about her dancing in a nightclub.
1: hmm Yeah, Harlow's nightclub. Yeah. yeah, that they saw her twice. Yeah,
0: like that. Uh, there's so much. So that's my new theory. It's Just yeah, the land is haunted and they're all there.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Because I mean that leads us into the Archer Triangle, which is right where I contacted you about the werewolf mm-hmm. story, which was really yes. fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so what, why do you think that area is so active? It's, since it's you are the tour guide, you are the well, guy. there's
1: lots of reasons, and we give them all on the tour. Um, for one, Archer Avenue is an ancient road. Mm-hmm. Um, most of, the majority of the angled streets that you see throughout Chicago
2: yes. are all Native American trails. They were
1: um, the Chicago is supposed to be set up like a grid system, which should should look like a football field, all a Mm -hmm. bunch of straight lines. That's what it's it's laid out to be. But you see a whole bunch of angled streets jetting out all over the place. Majority of those angled streets are original Native American trails, so they're roads that go back thousands of years that uh, were used by the natives as their way to navigate around the area. Uh, all of the roads are supposed to converge at some point on water. Uh, there's a lot of water over mm-hmm. the Archer Avenue tri- triangle triangle area, which you know many in the paranormal believe water to be a strong conductor of paranormal energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Native Americans are very mystical people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it seems like almost all of their roads that were once native. Trails in Chicago have lots of stories of being haunted, including Archer Avenue, which is like the the, you know, the, the tip of the ice. It's the top. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so that's one reason right there. Okay. Also, uh, the road was laid along the um, path of the Illinois-Michigan Canal.
0: Yes. Um,
1: which that project brought a lot of immigrants to the area to build that canal. They built the Erie Canal first, then they came here to build the Illinois Michigan Canal. Mm-hmm. Um and it was a very treacherous uh project. They labored, you know, sometimes twelve hours a day, Ooh. maybe six days a week. They might only take some days off um in all kinds of conditions. Um They were, uh, the guy who directed them was the namesake of the road. It was Colonel William B. Archer. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these immigrants came here leaving initially their families back in the old country. Um, You know, they came here to work
2: and make some money and then they'd send for the rest of the family Mm -hmm.
1: in some cases. Or some of them just, you know, came to America to maybe start a new life, get away from their, their home country. Yeah.
2: And when some of them died under these treacherous conditions, they might not have had any immediate family. Mm-hmm. So it's believed
1: that some of them were just buried right on the road there, right along Archer Avenue.
0: Because I, I know what I was looking into it said a lot of them were Irish. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. they were Irish, they really didn't keep exact numbers <laughs> for how many <laughs> died. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Irish were pretty looked down upon. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reasons. I, I was
0: just like, oh, because I, I was, I was digging and digging. It just said a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, it's because they're Irish. Um, what is, I have to ask, what is you, since you are my expert and then my hero, I literally referred to you as my hero oh, in the oh, podcast, because I, I spent way okay. too much time in, on the werewolf. Mm-hmm. What is your Favorite, quote-unquote, Archer Triangle story? Like, what is your favorite one to give on the tour?
1: Oh, definitely the werewolf.
0: Okay. It's not just me. It's a good story.
1: Oh, it is a good story, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't finished that one yet.
1: Even though I I totally believe the origins of the story are completely, you know, folklore. Mm Mm-hmm. But actual sightings of a werewolf creature... Those, I mean, those actual people who think they've seen that.
0: Yes. I was yeah. so excited that you gave me names.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I was just like, because me, I, I love werewolf stories. I love all of that. So I'm like, uh-huh. okay, you know, Wisconsin has the Beast of Bray Road.
1: Right, yeah. There's
0: the uh, Michigan Dogmen. There's, there's things out there, and Chicago's up there. It would make mm-hmm. sense, but I was just shocked. I couldn't find any.
1: Right? Yeah, it's it's there. Because
0: <laughs> I I kept finding weird influences of like different werewolf related things in Chicago. Like there's a werewolf, mm. um, coffee place, and then there was the werewolf statues that aren't there anymore.
1: Mm, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. But the city's put up lots of statues from time to time that are just... We used to have cows all over the city a couple of years ago, and then there (laughs) were dogs. Dog statues all over the city, too, a couple of years ago. You still see a few of them, the cows or the dogs.
0: Oh, that's so funny. From time
1: to time. They tend to put statues up temporarily like that.
2: Okay.
1: With some sort of meaning to it. Huh. That makes sense. The the dogs I know were... uh, They were representing police officers that had died in the line of duty oh. in the city. Hmm. And the cows, I believe, had, might have been firemen that had died. Because, you know, the story of Chicago Fire is that the cow kicked over the lantern.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I would not have connected that unless yeah. you told
1: me. Right, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to ask, and I feel like you, you might be the man to ask this, the elevated train tracks, mm-hmm. I was finding so many accidents involving these. Are they like, were they just very dangerous at the time? Were they not well lit? I just, maybe because I was just looking up accidents mm. in Chicago and I yeah. was finding them. But it just seemed like there were so many involved with the elevated train tracks.
1: I think they were fairly well lit. Okay. But um, it might have just been, you know, with any major accident, it seems like then eventually laws are changed, Mm -hmm. the way certain things are done. It might have just been the way they
2: were doing things beforehand. Okay.
1: You know, I mean, that would be my guess.
0: I mean, also...
1: It it might take a major... It took a major school fire for, you know, fire drills and stuff like that to go into effect in schools. It might have just been something that they were kind of negligent um, until we had these accidents and then they're like, okay, well, maybe we better look into that.
0: Because it just seemed like there was so many, so I wasn't sure if this is like a constant problem, if it's still a problem.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you still hear some, but not that many, not that often.
0: Okay. I was just like, hmm, I bet those train tracks are haunted.
1: Oh, I wouldn't doubt that.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know
1: saw- too many stories about that, but I would think the train or the subway system, too, would be haunted.
0: Yeah, I'm not... I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I know when we were there, we took a tour, and we were in a tunnel mm-hmm. underneath, and I can't remember now what the name of the tunnel or anything, but it was like a walkway, and it was supposed to be something used by Al Capone at one point. okay. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, Al Capone. Everywhere. Yeah, like I got really amused doing um, the research on the Archer Triangle. With I got really confused between the Liberty Grove and the Willowbrook, and Mm
1: -hmm. um, I did too initially. But yeah, they were two different places and different areas. Uh yeah.
0: Uh. What's the other one? What's the other one? Oh no! Because it was. It was. Oh, my mind just broke. and
1: of course, Well, Willowbrick used to be called the O'Henry.
0: That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. The O'Henry. Yeah, that,
1: that the the O'Henry was what that was called initially. Thank and you. And then they changed the name to Willowbrick later.
0: That was going to upset me greatly. But then there's also the, like, the O'Henry Roadhouse, which yes, is now the was, Irish. That's
1: right across the street, which is the Irish legend.
0: Yeah. yeah and it was just the, so all was the names.
1: I on Saturday for the tour.
0: Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because Irish legend history is fascinating.
1: Yeah, and I've gotten to do a couple of paranormal investigations in that (gasps) building. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, did you get any good stuff?
1: It's been so many years. I believe we did, but I can't (laughs) remember. I know on some of the tours, especially if we haven't had too big a crowds, Mm -hmm. uh, I know the... um, Lady who owns the place, uh Courtney, she's let us go up in the attic or go down in the basement and do like a little mini investigation on the tours uh more in recent years. And uh I know we did get some some people were asking if there were some gangsters buried in the basement there and mm-hmm. the ghost box did say yes.
0: Oh, Oh, man, because that's the one that has, like, the dirt floor, or had the mm-hmm. dirt floor, right? Yeah, it
1: is, and, and there's a section of it that looks different, like, like, it almost looks like body shaped, like something could have been <sighs> oh. put there. Oh. Plus, you can see where they, they, they've closed off the tunnels.
0: Oh, so the tunnels are real.
1: Oh, oh t- tunnels exist all over Chicago. Okay. Not necessarily, the, the gangsters didn't put them in. They were there years before. They used to use it, you know, in the, especially in the winter months, to move things underground um, more efficiently. Oh, uh, so that the makes city sense. They built a whole underground tunnel system, uh, which is all, they're all still there. It's just when the gangsters realized that they were there, <laughs> and the um, city wasn't using them as much by the 1920s as they would have maybe it. You know, a few decades earlier, um, they figured they were a great place to hide out in to move alcohol in.
2: Oh,
0: wow! Yeah, because there was there were some things I would read, and they're like, supposedly there's tunnels, and I'm like, is there tunnels or is there not? This is so. Oh no,
1: there's tunnels. They're there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I had this whole thing with like whoever Mary was had to literally cross paths at some point with Al Capone.
1: Oh, probably.
0: This is just, my brain went there and I was really mm-hmm. excited about it.
1: Yeah, the Irish legend, well, well, when it was the O'Henry, Henry, uh, we know for a fact that Al
0: Capone's brother, Ralph, did supply them with boots. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, not awesome, but it... Yeah, It's great history. Um, and there was something I read about the tunnels, I think from the old Henry Roadhouse, mm-hmm. leading off into a crypt in the cemetery?
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a crypt, that's a mausoleum that is not there anymore. The cemetery bulldozed it 10 years or so ago.
2: Oh. It had
1: the name White on it. Okay. Okay. Um, The name of that cemetery is Escaping Me, and I've been there several times. (laughs) Um, Um, I don't always stop there on the tours, um, but it's just down the street from the Irish legend.
0: That's Uh, not uh, St. James, right?
1: No, no, St. James is a little further south.
0: Okay. Isn't there Uh, like seven cemeteries or something, Oh, yeah, yeah, at least
1: seven cemeteries in that area, yeah. Yeah, St. James is the oldest one in in northern Illinois. Okay. Fairmont Hills. Fairmont Hills is the name of the cemetery where the mausoleum used to be right in the center of that. And they used to report hearing music coming from that mausoleum at night or seeing lights on in there. Really? And then about 10 years ago, the cemetery bulldozed the mausoleum. It just had the name of white on top of it. I remember seeing it when it was there years ago. Wow. They didn't give any explanation why they bulldozed it, but then the story started coming out that the tunnels connected right up into that mausoleum.
0: Oh. So was there no one in it?
1: I guess not. I mean, the cemetery won't say.
0: Oh, that's... I'm sorry. That's just fabulous. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they won't say anything about it. Just that they bulldozed it over. It's gone.
0: I feel like that's such a fabulous just Chicago yeah, story. Like, right, yeah.
1: Because
0: mm. it just sounds like a story, you know? It sounds like a good legend, but it's... Oh, yeah. It was there! Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Oh, my God. You have no idea. there's all these little things like that that I could not find anything about this well, monument other than it had I the name help. White. Yes, that yeah. makes me so happy. Now I... Oh, you have no idea. That makes me so happy. Um, I know we talked about Taxi Driver. We talked about Ralph, the Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. real quick. But it seemed like a lot of police were also picking up yeah. Mary. Yeah. Which I find fascinating, because I know there was one story right. I found of a police officer picked her up, you know, same classic thing, going down Archer, and she disappeared.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was just like, Oh. What what just happened and came back and told the guys and they're like, Oh yeah. Don't worry about it, it's just Mary kind right. of thing. Right, yeah. Um Well
1: you don't know, you know about these stories with the um uh Chats Melody Lounge? A little. Okay.
0: With police?
1: Well, um not so much police. I think that's okay. more cab drivers. I mean police are involved because um There had been, there was, I think, one night, I want to say 1973, where it happened like one right after the other where people right out in front of that bar, which is right across the street from Resurrection Cemetery, Mm -hmm. came into the bar frantic, saying that they, they ran somebody over on Archer Avenue and we need to call the police. And the police were called, people ran out of the bar, police come. They don't find anybody. People running out of the bar don't find anybody. There's no damage to the car. Oh, my God. It was, I think, I'm going to say it's 1973, twice in a row that that happened.
0: Oh, man.
1: And then there's the other story, of the cab driver who uh, was taking a young lady down Archer Avenue who asked to stop at Chet's Melody Lounge, um, telling him that she'll be she, she's got to run in real quick she'll mm. be right back and he like was assuming she needed to go to the bathroom and didn't want to say anything to him so he's just sitting out there and waiting and waiting and waiting and she never comes back out and again it was like a, a weeknight cold weeknight and he goes into the bar and um, Chet who was the original owner of the bar his son Rich owns it now
2: okay.
1: um, and one patron Chet was behind the bar one patron was sitting at the bar and the cab driver like Where's the blonde? Oh. And they both like look at each other like uh, <laughs> we didn't see anybody in here. He's like, well, there was a blonde, young blonde woman who said she just needed to run in here real quick. She never came out. I've been sitting out there waiting forever. She's stiffing me out of fare. Oh. And they, they searched the, the building. They looked in the bathrooms. The two guys that were in the bar insisted that they didn't see anybody come in, but nobody was found.
0: Wow. Wow, and isn't Chet's the one that always leaves out a Bloody Mary? Yes. For yeah. her, okay.
1: They do at the end of the pod.
0: I love that. No, I, we desperately wanted to get two Chets just for that. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the cab story too. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's ever since that night that the the cab driver went in there. They've left the Bloody Mary out.
0: Oh that makes me happy.
1: Yeah.
0: Cuz it just seemed like such a cool story. It is. Uh I did want to ask you about um another police officer, uh Pat Homa? Mhm.
2: My saying Pat that. Homa, yeah. Okay.
0: And his story. Cuz I feel mm-hmm. like I realized when I did all the podcasts, somehow this story I left out and I don't know how cuz okay. it's yeah such it it's one of the quintessential mary stories it is yeah
1: yeah
0: and yeah somehow i left it out
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um could you tell us that story
1: please okay uh it was 1976 i want to say it was august of 1976 when uh the justice police department it was nighttime cemetery would have been closed justice police department is getting calls or truck drivers on their cds or um calling into the station, saying that they have seen a young lady locked inside Resurrection Cemetery um, by the gates. Pat Homa responds to the call, pulls up to the gates of Resurrection Cemetery. Is that his flashlight? He's looking inside the cemetery, and looking around with the light. Doesn't see anybody locked inside the gates. Huh. But... As he steps back a little bit from the gates, he sees that couple of the bars on one of the gates are bent apart. And not only are they bent apart, but they also look like they have handprints in them, like fingerprints. And not just fingerprints, but like, like prints right in, like uh, fi- um, handprints right in the metal. Hmm. Uh, as if, you know, they were pulling them apart. And there, a couple of them are blackened, like charred a little bit. Hmm. He reports this. He, I think, he kind of knew about the Resurrection Mary story, but he didn't really know a whole lot of details about them. Yeah. And initially, a lot of his fellow officers and you know people when he was reporting this story were saying, "Hey, you know, that was Resurrection Mary. You encountered Resurrection Mary." Um. And when the story started leaking out, then everybody started flocking over to the cemetery to to see those bent bars at the gate. Um. You can find pictures of them out there. Yes. Somewhere. I think if you Google them up, you'll find the pictures. Because uh, there were lots of pictures. No, that Richard Crowe, he claims there was a v- videos taken of it. I haven't found any of the videos yet.
0: I found i found the Aftermath video. Oh,
1: like, you did? Okay. After
0: they came back.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, it yeah. It seems like. I no, he claims think. actual ones of them right when they were bent. Oh. You know, right around the time they were bent. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you the, the one I yeah,
0: have so you can okay, see. Yeah, it, just yeah. to see, that would
1: be cool. But get um, uh, the cemetery insisted that it wasn't paranormal. That a truck, a um, cemetery worker backed a truck into it, mm-hmm. causing that damage. Um, you know, eventually they, because there's so many, you know, people flocking there to see the bars. The cemetery cuts them out. They tried bending them back first, but it didn't work. So they cut them out, sent them out to be restored. And then they brought them back, had them soldered back in. Uh, But the claim is that they've gotten bent again after that. Oh. And that they're missing right now. There's no bars there right now, but the cemetery says that that's a brand new gate. That but I've to replaced the gate. Yeah. But there's no bars right where the bent bars would have been.
0: Huh. Cause yeah, that that it seemed to be this big mystery. What happened to the bars. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, we don't really know. And Pat Homa, the police officer, told his story to a TV show back in the nineteen nineties called That's Incredible. Okay. And the the story is that he was fired from the Justice Police Department for telling that story.
0: Oh wow! I didn't realize he had been fired.
1: Yeah, yeah that's that's what I've heard.
0: Oh wow! Do you know whatever happened, Pat?
1: No, I don't.
0: Oh man.
1: I'd love to find out. Yeah. No, be... I don't. Yeah.
0: Oh man, that's so sad. Um. I do know one of the the theories about what happened to the bars was that they somehow ended up in Russell Crowe's... Richard Crowe? Thank you. I was just like, that's not right. Uh, He
1: claims that he tried to buy them. Yeah. He offered, you know, whatever they would... He he offered whatever they wanted to pay for those bars, but he claims that he got a letter back from the, the cemetery officials saying that they weren't for sale at any price. That's what I've heard.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I saw I one that like his son or something claimed that they were in his personal
1: collection. and Oh, okay. Well, but I d- he did end up with them, but he did try I to buy no them. Idea. I do know that much.
0: That's, I mean, I find that fascinating. That's so great. Mhm why do you think the cemetery was so hush hush or not really hush hush about it but like it, it seemed like they there was this whole big story about it being a cover-up yeah well i can tell you just from my experience with resurrection cemetery mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. they
1: do not they have a, a a no ghost policy. It's a Catholic cemetery, so they have a no ghost policy. They don't believe in ghosts, and uh, I've had my problems with just bringing people there on ghost tours, where they'll 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 shoo you away from the gates. Wow! Daytime open cemetery, or even a, you know, if you park the bus in front of the gates at night, um, they'll you know a cop will come over because somebody will call them. Wow. Um, But, yeah, we've been shooed away from those gates during the day sometimes because the cemetery does not seem to like the attention.
0: Huh. I'm like, that would make me want to go to church again if they were like, oh, no, Resurrection Mary the thing right there.
1: Yeah, I don't think they see it that way. (laughs) I'd agree with you, but I don't think they see it that way.
0: Oh, that's, huh.
1: I've done a couple of paranormal investigations in the
2: mausoleum there, Resurrection Cemetery, not, not sanctioned by the cemetery.
0: Just, just went in there and brought some equipment with some people a few times. I was literally just going to ask if you had an experience in the mausoleum, because it seemed to be fairly active from.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's stories, you know, in addition to the Resurrection Mary stuff of the mausoleum being active. Uh, People report, again, hearing music coming from it or seeing lights flickering Mm -hmm. on and off in the mausoleum, especially as they're driving. It's right near the road. It's right near the entrance, so you could see it from the road from Archer. Uh, Also, people report seeing lights flashing on and off in there. And we did have, I know we were using flashlights in our investigation, um, like little mini mag lights, and we Mm -hmm. had them set up. And I remember we were getting a lot of direct responses to those mag lights Oh wow! in there.
0: The like yes and no turn off yes, and on yes thing. And on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Do you remember your questions?
1: I wish I could. Okay. It's, it's been that's been about three or four years now, but.
0: Uh, oh no, you do this I a lot. Do, I was gonna be surprised yeah, if you could remember. Yeah,
1: I'm out there almost every day giving a tour. Wow. Some, some sort of event. And it, it's it slowed down a little bit now, but uh, I do have a tour tomorrow night. That's why I, I wanted to do this tonight.
0: Oh, that no, yeah. perfect. I'm so glad it worked out. Yeah. Um. One okay. Speaking of the mausoleum, mm. and considering sure. we lost power all day today here in my town. Oh really? Oh yeah. It was it was weird. Um, but it brings it reminds me of the story about the mausoleum and the power outage. Did they refine mm. anything with that? Because I just know the story goes that it was centralized somehow to the mausoleum.
1: Yeah, I don't think they ever found out what it was. Or if they did, the cemetery is not saying what it was.
0: Okay. Because just the fact that they were able to, like, track it back to the mausoleum mm-hmm. was just... Yeah, I mean, that's that's odd. Yes! So yeah. that that's a thing. It's not like a made-up mm-hmm. story. Yeah, no, it was a see, thing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so cool.
1: Oh, you also know that they've taken the names of the girls out of their cemetery records, too. No. Yeah, and I didn't, the one I'd mentioned to you, Mary Kovach, they've Mm -hmm. also taken her out.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow, because I I, I knew there was two Mary Mm Mhm. but one was definitely not right.
1: They've removed her from their online records, both of those girls. If you look into their, you know, burials and stuff, it definitely says they're buried there. And, um, they were initially buried in, like, term graves. Yes. Or unmarked graves, and there's that's still that way. Mary Our... Brigovi, Mary Kovach were both in unmarked graves. Oh, okay. I found her parents, Mary Brigovi's parents, and it's believed she's right next to them. Okay. I've, I've got pictures of
2: that. I found, uh, Mary Kovach's father's grave.
1: Oh, wow. I believe she's buried right around there.
2: Oh, but yet, wow. But yeah,
1: unmarked graves, and they're, they're pulled from online records.
0: Huh. Because I had just, I, you know, I tried to do, like, the find the grave kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, with all the documentation out there, that was the part I had the hardest time with, and everything seemed to blame it on the term grave situation. Mm-hmm. Is that still a thing in Chicago? Do you know?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe it is. The okay. cemeteries say it exists. But they say that it's not the I mean, what, what, a lot of stories say that the cemeteries are right to dig up
2: that grave if they don't use it after a certain number of years. Yeah. Most of the cemeteries say that that's not the case
1: usually. What they do is they just put the new body on top of mm-hmm. the old body. That the newer one gets a headstone, and the headstone's placed over that grave.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. do you know what happens to the gravestone? Like the the original well, markers. These didn't
1: have headstones, but um, oh. the, the original markers. Yeah, there were no headstones by either of those girls. But um, I, what they do with the original ones, I have no no clue.
0: Okay, because that was one of the things that just confused me so much. Was yeah. did they not? You know what what happened? Okay, that helps. It's like all these weird little things that I've never encountered that sound like made-up stories that end up being real and they don't make sense. Yeah, yeah, they're real stories. It it doesn't help I'm so far away as well and I can't like walk in and everything. Uh, One thing I did want to ask, because I saw this pop up a couple times and I think it might be in Ursula's video? Mm-hmm. I believe. But Richard Crow, not the mm-hmm. actor. Yeah. That up. Um, oh, yeah, Russell Crow, yeah. <laughs> but they um there was some investigation or something that he came through after his death. Uh,
1: yeah, I I know it's at the Ashbury Coffee House. Oh. The one I just mentioned, which we used to be part of the old Willow shopping center. Okay. Uh, very cool old coffee house. Um uh, sand they have good sandwiches stuff there too. Mm-hmm. Soups. Um it was right directly across the parking lot from there is where the Ralph, the cab driver, picked up the fair that night. Okay. Um it was a place that Richard Crow used to like to bring tour groups to when he was alive. Um there is a paranormal researcher in this area. His name is uh, Chuck Kennedy, Doctor Chuck Kennedy,
2: okay.
1: who uh, recorded a EVP there of Richard Crow, um, saying that he he met Resurrection Mary a- in death. Oh, I don't think he told us who she was, but <laughs> I'm
0: like a last name would have been nice.
1: Yeah, last name would have been nice, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a. Uh, they investigated the place one night. I have not had the opportunity to investigate that place. Okay. Uh, so, brought a lot of groups there. Investigated in the woods. I brought a bachelorette party out to the woods behind that place one time to investigate. Really? That uh, was fun. Is that what is that? Is that
0: the red
1: wood? Redgate Woods. No, that's yeah. further up. But there's okay. there's there's woods. That's a very heavily wooded area. But yeah, there's, there's stories that the woods behind the willow a shopping center or the Ashbury Coffee House were haunted world we're native american ground and burial ground and um they say there's a little boy that haunts the Ashbury Coffee House who's been seen out in the woods
0: really yeah
1: you know, the coffee house wouldn't they had too much going on that night so they wouldn't let us investigate even in their upstairs room
0: so I took the girls out to the woods to investigate. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm totally yeah, going to... Uh, the next time I get married, I'm totally going to yeah tell my friends that's what we need to do. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, because the Ashbury came up so many times as just mm-hmm. another place to look into.
1: Right, yeah.
0: What is its history and paranormal stuff other than the little boy? You
1: got that's saying- the... Complex it used to be at one time the old Willow Shopping Center. So uh-huh. it was like a small little like strip, kind of like strip mall type thing back in the day. Uh, the buildings are old there. The Ashbury is an older building. And um, I don't remember exactly the origins of some of the hauntings that were there. I know Richard Crowe used to tell a lot of the stories. Uh-huh. Um, stories of a little boy being seen there. I think there was another... Spirit or two. The owners of the place who owned it for a long time have had some weird experiences and they've always been pretty open to the paranormal. I mean that's uh, awesome. They've hosted a, a number of like ghostly events there. And, uh, they used to have uh, there was a night I used to go out there with a friend of mine. Uh, they used to have like you know tarot card readings and stuff like that. Yes. And um, I wasn't with Ursula and Dr. Kennedy that night that they investigated and they recorded that EVP. Huh. But I do know of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: No, because that, that was all it mentioned in the video and I was like, mm-hmm. but,
1: but. Yeah, Dr. Chuck <laughs> Kennedy has a website, I believe. You could
0: maybe. Okay. I'm going to write him down.
1: we reach out to him somewhere in there? I know him. I've been to his, uh, he has an office out in the town of St. Charles out here.
0: That's awesome. No, and and that's what seems so cool is everybody like. Everybody like knows everybody, and it's like all
2: well, these yeah,
1: yeah.
0: all these yeah. names are connected, even in such mm-hmm. a big
1: city. Yeah. Well, Ursula used to run the Ghost Conference every year. <gasps> there was um, a Ghost Conference has, in Chicago. Yes, yeah, she used to. Yeah, she used to run one every year up until. 2019 was her last one. She had one planned for 2020, but obviously COVID shut it down. Yeah. At the Congress Hotel, but... um, (gasps) Really? Yeah, very haunted location. (gasps) Yeah! um, I've done lots of investigations there.
0: Oh, man! (laughs) Stayed
1: there many times. Um, But, uh, yeah, she used to run a ghost conference every year. Um, Now, Mike, the new owner of the company, reached. I talked to him on the phone about a month ago. You're the one, he's the one that... Put you in contact with me. Oh, okay. Um, he uh, when I talked to him on the phone, he mentioned
2: possibly bringing back that ghost <sighs> conference next year.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh man, no. Yeah, I almost.
1: She's always changed <sighs> locations of it. She held it out, and she held it at the Willow um, uh, Willow uh, Brook Ballroom um, about a week before the ballroom burned down.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was out there at it.
0: Because that was like 2016, 17? 2016, yeah. Okay, 2016, yeah. When it yeah. burnt? Mm-hmm. And they never figured out what happened.
1: Well, they say some ro- some guys were putting, you know, tarring the roof. Tarring uh, the roof of some sort of accident might have happened.
0: Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, oh, that's so sad. Oh my god, that sounds so cool. No, that, the, we got to do a tour around like congress hotel and mm, okay all yeah, that so we yeah. got to do some oh. ghosty stuff when we were okay. there
1: well that's
0: good yeah and uh all when i late. wanted to do was go to the congress and drink a drink in the in the apothecary bar and
1: oh yeah yeah wait when were you here
0: um september august late august early september
1: oh this year yes oh okay okay
0: No, I I definitely want to try to come back Mm -hmm. out because there was just so much. So I want to ask you real quick Mm -hmm. because we're already at like an hour. So I feel like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to keep you too late because I know it's getting a little bit late there.
1: Uh, Yeah. If I would be giving a tour tonight, I would be done about 1030. So, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So I'm not too (laughs) worried then. Um, Yeah. (laughs) What is your favorite ghost story? ever in chicago i know there's a oh lot yeah that's
1: uh that's a tough one my favorite ghost story ever
0: yeah because now that you said that you've done tours all over the place i'm like yeah, now i have yeah. to ask you
1: yeah uh, uh boy I, i'd probably almost have to break that even down into categories like <laughs> north that's side fine. south side <laughs> um suburban um, cause there is really so much, uh, I mean, if I had to think of one, I'm trying to, hmm, let's see, uh, I'm trying to think if there's one that I tell more <laughs> often than others.
0: I mean, you're um, more than welcome to break it down too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, even then it's hard cause there's just so much. I give a regular walking tour most nights of the week in Lincoln Park, uh, which obviously the Old City Cemetery and Lincoln Park Zoo. Um, Oh, actually, I think I know what might be my favorite uh, in... um, downtown part of downtown chicago or just a little off downtown is i also give a tour on monday and wednesday nights in the prairie avenue historic district which was the old millionaire's district in chicago
2: oh
1: um have you ever heard of the name marshall field department store yeah 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 well um marsh there's that area used to be the millionaire's district kind of is now again but it went through a great period of disrepair Mm. um there were like 90 original mansions in that area at one point. There's only about nine of them left.
2: Oh, wow. Um,
1: Marshall Field himself mansion isn't there anymore. But right next door to where his mansion used to be was a mansion that he bought for his son, okay. Marshall Field Jr. Um, in 1905... And um, November of 1905, the story was that Marshall Field Jr. was pretty much home alone in the house that night, cleaning a gun
2: mm. for
1: a um, upcoming hunting trip that he was going to be taking up in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, when uh, there was only like some servants in the house, his wife and kids were gone. Even his father was out of town on business, uh, who lived next door. When the gun accidentally discharged, shot him in the side. Mm. He's rushed to the hospital where he dies from those wounds a few days later. Um, that was the story that was out there in the press, but many people didn't believe that story. Oh, um, they There were alternate stories that were out there. There were uh, not only um, alternate stories of how he could have died, but also more scandalous stories. And um, one of the alternate stories was suicide. His, okay. Marshall Field the third, his son, always thought the father committed suicide, but ruled out very early on because he was shot in his side. Okay. Um, normally, if you're going to commit suicide, you don't usually t- shoot yourself in the side like just above your hip
0: yeah no no gut yeah. shots kind of thing yeah but
1: yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't do it that way so that's kind of like, the this scandalous story was that marshall field jr was having an affair with one of the girls at one of the most lavish and upscale brothels in the city Ooh. called the everlay club uh the everlay club would have just been a few blocks from his house walking distance um Oh. Uh, it was run by two sisters, Ada and Minna Everleigh, in this area called the Southside Levee District, was which the biggest red-light district in the city at the time. Uh, but it
2: had contrast. The Everleigh was very high-end, upscale,
1: uh-huh. with like you know, gold-plated walls and
2: oh, brass
1: Jesus. beds and an orchestra that played for dinner. And um, The girls were called Butterflies. Um, they say the term getting laid came from the Everleigh Club. I was just going to um, say,
0: what a name.
1: Yes, yeah, because <laughs> you went there to get Everlaid and then they shortened it to getting laid. Oh, um,
0: my
2: but, God. But,
1: um they said if you didn't spend at least $150 a night in that place, you were not asked back. Uh, but it was believed just like right down the street from that was like an area called dead Bug row, which I think is kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, like the cribs. So the more the cribs. One,
1: and yeah. The, the, the low end ones, but mm-hmm. it was believed that he was having an affair at that club with a girl, one of the butterfly girls at the club. And that night he went there to call off the affair or to tell her something. Uh, and she shot him or there might have been some sort of love triangle with another man, possibly one of the bouncers from the club Ooh. who shot Marshall field jr. Uh, in the club, the club had a good name as did the field family. So they created the story of him cleaning the hunting gun in his, in his you know, study or whatever at home. Um, and, uh, the Marshall Field, the father, actually threatened any newspaper that if they printed the scandalous or alternate stories, he was going to pull his company's advertising from their newspapers. And oh. Advertising was lucrative.
0: Yeah, and they were uh, huge. Yeah.
1: Right. They were huge. It was one of the earliest department stores in, in the country. And... um there was one newspaper, the Chicago American in town that wasn't getting Marshall Fields advertising. So that newspaper printed everything. Oh, then, uh, yeah, they interviewed the servants in the house, including the Butler. None of them heard a gunshot. Um, the, uh, they interviewed, uh, the manufacturers of the gun who said there was a safety on the gun that would have made it almost impossible for it to discharge while cleaning. Um, they interviewed ballistics experts who said it would have been almost impossible for him to be cleaning the gun and holding it in that direction where he would have shot himself in the side.
0: Uh huh.
1: They interviewed people in the neighborhood who claimed they saw Marshall Field get in an automobile just before this all happened. Um, so it's believed that he was killed, at, shot at the Everleigh Club. Now the, the, the ghost story is the fact that the Family never lives in this mansion. It was a forty-one room mansion. Oh my god! And it's 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 now divided up into six townhouses, condos or townhouses.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Um, but uh, the building the family left right away. The building goes through various different usages. Seemed like it nothing lasted there very long after that. It was actually even like a retirement home for a while because it was so big. Hmm. Um, then it had a good 20-year period where it sat completely empty, abandoned. Uh, Ursula's written several books on Chicago haunts. Mm-hmm. I think it's her third edition, uh, which I know I have around her here somewhere, um, <laughs> has a picture of that mansion when it was this like, big, abandoned, hulking shell of a building
2: oh. on the cover
1: of the book. And the stories that were out there is that whenever any company that came in and tried to do any renovations on the property were met with like a darker, more evil entity that was preventing them from doing the renovations. Um,
2: that's why it sat
1: empty for so long. Anybody that would come in, things would happen. The construction crews didn't want to work there. And again, and these are all unverified stories, but the story is that in order to turn it into the six townhomes that it is now, they're about $1.3 million each, because one was for sale. We looked them up um, on one of the tours. Um, The company that renovated it, eventually renovated, brought in an exorcist to exorcise the property. Huh. And now, now that it's, it's calmer now. Huh.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah,
1: that's one of my favorite stories. No, that's there's good. There's even a little addition to that story. Is uh, um, after the Everleigh Club was closed by order of the mayor Carter Harrison Jr. Um, I think about 1911. Mm-hmm. Um, he was cl- cleaning up vice throughout the city. Um, the sisters that ran it left town. Uh, but the building sat there for a while till it was eventually torn down. There's a, there's a senior citizen housing on that property right now. Okay. Um, but there was a man who built the Ansonia hotel in New York city, which is still a hotel still around today. Mm-hmm. might not be a hotel anymore. I think it might be condos or something, but they usually turn everything into condos. Yeah. Um, uh, But uh, this man was going through a divorce. I forget his name off the top of my head right now. Uh, he, He knew that his wife was a former butterfly girl at the Everleigh Club. She was trying to get everything from him in this divorce. So he went to the club, even though this was about... 10 years or so this is like in the 1920s 10 years or so after the club was closed mm-hmm. just to see if he could find anybody still there that might've known his wife and when she was there. And he does find a old caretaker who's still staying in the property there who even showed him pictures of his wife when she was a butterfly girl at the club. Oh. And he gave him all the information he needed for his divorce. Yeah. Yeah. He says just before he left, They were sitting in a room together. She was talking to him. She points over to a vase. And she says, if that vase could talk, it would tell you who shot Marshall Field Jr. Because it was in this very room where he was shot.
2: Oh! I was like, okay. Oh, that's so
0: good.
1: But that is one of my favorite stories in in Chicago.
0: No, that's so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Because I want to do, like, Love Gone Wrong for February stories. and.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's a perfect one
0: right there. Yeah, no, I love that. And mm-hmm. I just get to say Everlay over and over again, so
1: that's going to be yes, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. uh, One more question. I thought of this
2: mm-hmm. earlier sure. and
0: then I swear I'll let you go. Um, oh, yeah. Kaiser Hall. Uh-huh,
2: Kaiser Hall, yeah.
0: Okay. The only thing I could find in, like, Five different articles. It was just cited as the infamous Kaiser Hall. And that's mm-hmm. all I could find. I couldn't find where it was.
1: Oh, but it? still, it's on Archer and Mac- McDermott.
0: McDermott, okay.
1: McDermott, which is the smallest street in Chicago. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a very tiny little street. But yeah, I, I've stopped there several times. We used to do a, a more elongated tour. Of We'd actually started at the Congress Hotel. And go all the way down Archer Avenue with the tour. And then out to um, the Willow Springs, you know, the Willowbrook area. Oh, my the, God. Um, you know, Archer Avenue Triangle area. Um, but um, Ursula cut that one down because I guess people were complaining about the length of it. I thought it was a great tour. We'd oh go my by God. Mary Brigovi's old house, which is still huh. standing. Um, we'd go by the Satala Funeral Home. Not the funeral, it's not that anymore, but the building is still there. Yes. Yeah. Um, even to Mary Kovacs, we didn't, I didn't go by her house, but her house is still around, uh, as is the house that Mary Miskowski lived in.
0: Oh my God. Uh, but that
1: tour used to go by those places and Kaiser Hall was one of the stops on that. Um, now Ursula has written extensively about Kaiser Hall, I believe, pretty sure it's in her books. Okay. Um. Now you, you, those articles did they say much or
0: no. Uh, the only thing I could find was literally only said the infamous Kaiser Hall, and there was a story about the devil coming to dance one yeah. night.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The story is that the devil danced in Bridgeport, which is the, the neighborhood that Kaiser Hall's in. Um. The well, the building's still there. Uh, the dance hall portion of it. Is closed off. It has been for many years.
0: Okay. Um, once
1: the Kaiser family no longer owned it, they I think it was sold off, and then I think the ballroom section of the upstairs was deemed unsafe. Mm. So the you know they had it. It was closed off. But there was a little store in the bottom, a little storefront in the bottom of it that still operates. Well, that's Last cute. time I was there, a couple of years ago.
0: What What made it so infamous? Well, it was just just stories that went around the neighborhood, the Bridgeport neighborhood, for many, many years of the devil dancing in Kaiser Hall. That's so Um, fun.
1: Supposedly, there was a dance there one night, and uh, one young lady danced with this guy who just kind of whirled her around very gracefully. And then at the end of the night, he supposedly went toward the window, jumped out the window. Well, people started thinking there's something not right about this guy. I guess they questioned him a little bit, cornered him, huh. and he jumped out the window, um, landed on his feet in the street, and just took off. And the stories were that he left like um, like um, like winged footprints in the ground.
0: Oh, huh. Okay.
1: But again, I mean, it's it's probably more legend than anything else. Yeah.
0: It it. It reminds me of like the Loftus Hall story. I feel like there's like several of those in mm-hmm. Ireland almost exactly right. like this. Yeah, yeah. And that um so I was like I need to know what is up
1: with yeah. this story. Okay. Well some say the story was created as a way to um you know warn young ladies to you know make sure they know who they're they're you know out with or dancing with or doing things with.
0: A uh, cautionary tale.
1: Yeah. Yeah, cautionary tale, yeah.
0: Okay. I mean that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Archer and McDermott streets is where that is located.
0: Okay. Yeah, I might have to look In the that
1: Bridgeport up. Bridgeport neighborhood. It.
0: Perfect. Well, sir, I feel like I've I've kept you for a bit. I'm No, you're fine, yeah. I'm so glad we got this to work. I know it's been a little yeah, bit me too. back and me forth. Too. And you're going to be my first call the next time I get to Chicago. Like, seriously.
1: Sounds good. That would be great. You should oh come along on some of the tours.
0: Yes. Yes, please. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Uh, um, is there anything you would like to promo or um, anything you would like? So I do
1: have Christmas tours coming up this weekend.
0: You have Christmas tours?
1: Yeah, Friday and Saturday night we have Christmas-themed tours. What? We're actually going to, one of the um, Prairie Avenue, which is where the Marshfield Junior House is, just down the street from that is the Gluster House, which is an old um, uh, Victorian era mansion. Uh, John Gluster ran a company called International Harvester, which made farm equipment. Uh, as part of the tour, we are going to go through the Gluster House and see how a Victorian family would have celebrated Christmas.
2: Aww.
0: I love that. Yeah. So are you telling, like, Victorian ghost stories, or is it well, just Well, the, the mansion
1: itself is going to tell the historical stuff. Oh. I'm going to tell the ghost stories outside, because uh. they don't, don't want to talk about that on the inside. But yeah, we're like, okay, you could tell you know, how the family did Christmas, and it's all decorated to, you know, look really nice. The whole block is... <sighs>
0: Oh, I love so, that. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll tell the, the ghost stories outside.
0: Oh my God, I love that. That's so cool. Cause like we have Victorian Christmas stuff out here, but oh yeah, yeah. nothing's compared to a big city. <laughs> I have learned well, that being traveling. Yeah, mm. and Chicago is gorgeous. But uh, thank you oh, sure. so no much again, Tony. I I greatly appreciate it. Was it.
2: Great.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, I'll send you everything when I'm done with it. Okay, and everything sounds good. Again.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, thank you so much, sir. You have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you to everyone out there listening today. Of course, a big thank you to Tony Zabelski. And once again, you can find him and his tour at Chicago Hauntings tours. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episode. Just a reminder, there's no episode until February when we are doing Till Death Do Us Part episodes. I'm so excited. The hopeless romantic in me is just loving this month. If you have a ghost story to share or perhaps know something about Resurrection Mary that I forgot Or maybe the Archer Triangle. Email me at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com And make sure to tell your friends and family about our little show here. Word of mouth goes a long way. You can also follow My Haunted Life Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm going to get our TikTok videos going soon. I'm going to try and do more TikTok videos, I swear. We'll see. Make sure to join the Facebook group as well, because that's where everything gets posted for the most part. And it it's just kind of a one-stop shop. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please subscribe to the Patreon page. You can support the show for as little as $2 a month. I'm going to be working on the Patreon episodes, top 10s, coming up very soon. I promise. I haven't forgotten about you guys. It's just been a little bit crazy with the holidays. And that's it for this show. I'll see you all next week on my Haunted Life podcast. And until then, stay haunted.